You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo, and I am so excited to be kicking off Season 2, Episode 1 today. I'm bringing back a familiar voice for this first episode. His name is Jared Graybill. I actually interviewed him in Season 1, Episode 3, and if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Jared, I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. It was actually one of our most popular from Season 1, and it was just value add after value add, so I really encourage you to go back and listen to that. Before I get into today's topic, I just want to share some quick stats with you from Season 1. We peaked at the 790th most popular podcast out of the 1 million plus podcast. Within the first two weeks, we hit top 100 business podcast. Within eight weeks, we hit top 30 entrepreneurship podcast. And Apple had us featured on new and noteworthy in multiple categories for the entire eight weeks, which as long as you can qualify for that section. So I'm extremely thankful for this. And I wanted to mention it because I wanted to say thank you to you and to all the listeners. This would not have been possible without each and every one of you supporting the podcast by listening to it, sharing it with your friends, and leaving reviews on this podcast. And also, a big shout out to the Creating a Brand community because you all are really the ones that are helping me make this happen. So thank you, everyone. I say this as humbly as I possibly can. I'm really honored to be hosting this podcast and so excited about season two. I've got some great guests lined up. You won't believe some of the names that are on this podcast now, and I'm just excited about the value they're going to be able to add to your life and to mine as well. So today... I had a very specific topic I want to talk about. It's something that came up a lot during season one. I was getting a lot of emails, a lot of messages, people asking about work-life balance. And as you can imagine, when the podcast started taking off, people were messaging me being like, man, you're so busy. How do you make time for anything else? The truth is the podcast succeeded again because of you, the listener, but I really wasn't that busy. Work-life balance is something that I've really had to learn. And it's something that I want to talk about because I believe a lot of entrepreneurs and people creating brands, we get ourselves out of balance so quick because... We're excited about what we're doing. We want to create. And because of that, we lose our balance. So this is something I really want to talk about. And I decided that Jared and I would be just the right people to have a conversation about this. So this isn't really an interview in this first episode. It's more just a conversation between the two of us talking about work-life balance and how we've been able to do that in our own lives. So let's go ahead and jump to my conversation with Jared on the topic of work-life balance. Jared, thank you for being back with me on the Creating a Brand podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. I'm excited. We're kicking off season two together. That is exciting. Yes. I wanted to bring you back for this because a few reasons. One, you're a really close friend. Um, Two, you always crush it. So I feel like this would be a good topic for us to cover together. And three, your episode last season, which everyone needs to go back and listen to, it was episode three, was incredible. We got so much great feedback from it. So I wanted to bring you back and we're going to kind of go into a little bit more on a specific portion that we talked about in that. But uh, I'm really excited to have you here today, man. Yeah, me too, man. And it's, it's cool because I think especially for the audience, I like being on the show with you because even though we're friends, you do a really good job of hosting this and kind of getting good information out of people. So I'm excited to learn what I know today, right? <laughs> That's good, man. And th- thank you for that. Appreciate it. So, you know, this was something that we actually covered, not necessarily on the last episode we did together. But again, I do encourage everyone to go listen to episode one of season one and episode three. You'll hear from me and you'll hear from Jared and kind of our background, our story. But last year, I was on your podcast, the Business and Leadership Podcast, which I highly recommend everyone to check out. And we did an episode together that got more buzz than anything else I've ever done. Any podcast I've ever been on, that's the one that people reached out to me the most, wanted to know more information. And we were really talking about work-life balance. So I wanted to get into that topic with you today because I just think it's really important. Some people were asking about it. Even after our episodes in season one, people really want to know more on this topic. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dive into it, man. I think it's one of those things that, you know, when I look at 
people, like from a, a broad perspective, you see there's two types of people generally. One person that overworks and gets a ton done, but doesn't make time for life. And you can be burning you know, the candle on both ends and burn yourself out eventually. Or two, you have somebody that lives a little bit too much life mm-hmm. and doesn't get any work done. And I think you would agree, like, it's important, you know, as human beings to to make a difference while we live in this earth, but it's also important to enjoy the present. And so finding the balance or how to create work-life balance, right? Like how to, you know, work really hard, but still enjoy your free time is so important to me. Yeah. And you're somebody who has modeled that really well as a CEO, as a professional marketer, everything else that you do, somehow you still lived a balanced life. And it actually reminds me of a blog post that you read on Inc. I believe it was Inc. Magazine, maybe. On their website, there was something about uh, picking three. I believe it was talking about work, sleep, family, fitness, and friends. Is that right? Yeah, it was like out of five things, you have to pick three. And it's saying that that's all you can do, right? Mm-hmm. And that's something that you and I, I both believe, disagreed with at that time when you were reading it and you, you brought it up to me. Absolutely. And yeah, and you know, like I said, your life is modeled that you can actually do all of it. You just have to do it in a balanced way. So I really want to get into that today, how we can practically do that. And I, every year, this is something that you know about me, every year I pick like a theme or a word to kind of focus on. And this year, my word was actually balance. It was something that I knew that I really needed to get right. I've always been good at it, you could say, but maybe not great at it. Yeah. And it's one of those things that actually, when I was launching the Creating a Brand podcast for the first season, I was in over my head. I didn't know what I was doing. As you know, we talked about it quite a bit, but my wife is being super transparent with everyone here. She told me that I was not doing good with balance. (laughs) This was like just into the second quarter of the year. She was like, you're really not doing good with, with balance. Like your way you're, you're working all the time. Every chance you get, you're trying to develop this podcast. And it was one of those things I had to sit back and be like, you know what? This is my focus of the year. I, I used to be better at this. Like what happened? Right. And I think that these things come up in our lives. Maybe it's an opportunity, maybe something we're just really passionate to do that gets us out of that order, if you will, once again. Have you seen that happen in your own life as well? Yeah, I mean, I you know, you can get so hyper-focused. Usually it's like project-based in my experience, kind of like you mm-hmm. with your podcast. It's like I'm working towards a specific goal that might be more short-term, right? Instead of like my five-year plan, it's like something I can probably get done in six months. And so because of that, I will often, you know, turn the other burners off, right? James mm-hmm. Clear talks a lot about the four-burner theory and how you can't really run them all at the same capacity at the same time. And so when you get hyper-focused on this one thing, you can let other things go. And so I've seen that in my life. I especially saw that during, you know, back when I used to do bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, as a bodybuilder, you, you you have to sacrifice some things. You can't, like, you can't have dinner out. And no you, pizza. <laughs> no pizza. Can't have, have drinks with the guys. But if you're smart, you can still hang out with your friends. And that was one thing that I was finding myself not being able to do is be social, hmm. spend any time with my friends and my family. And that I had to... I had to find the balance in that too, right? Because it's like, what's the point of bodybuilding if I can't share those wins with my friends? Because by the time I compete, like nobody wants to come because I haven't seen them in three months. Right. right. You're like, hey guys, you haven't seen me in three yeah, months. I'll, I'll come look, support me. Yeah, I look great, but uh, <laughs> I haven't seen you though. So yeah, it's something that, like I said, it's, you know, I want to accomplish things in my life. So I'll get so hyper-focused. But at the same time, if I can't share those with people or even take a step back to enjoy it, Mm -hmm. then what's it worth? And so it's always been like this finding the dynamic of that, like operating at a high level, but then enjoying it at a high level with the people that matter. Yeah. And I think that comes a lot to like, and you hear me talking about it a lot, but practical time management. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that people drop the ball on so much. Time is the number one non-renewable resource in the universe. 
And yeah. it's, you know, we've got obviously people know fossil fuels are considered to be quote unquote non-renewable, but over billions of years, those regenerate, but time never comes back. Yeah. And so every single week, we're all allocated the same amount of time. It's 168 hours. And so what we do with that really is going to indicate our quality of life and what we're, what are we consider to be balanced. So it comes down to like identifying how do I want to spend my time and what do I have left after these things that I'm really hyper focused on, like the podcast, right? Like what's right. left after I get the podcast done this week? Right. So you mentioned practical time management and I have some thoughts on this as well, but what does that really mean to you? I'll literally create a time budget. That's something that obviously if you're a responsible adult, hopefully you have a a financial budget. Mm -hmm. But if time is more important than money, we should allocate it even at a higher level. We should invest it at a higher level. Absolutely. So again, you know, you get allocated 168 hours per week. And so knowing, you know, obviously you got to get sleep no matter what. And Mm -hmm. everybody's a little bit different, but I aim for like seven hours a night. So I already know 168 minus 49. I think it's 119. And so then I got 119 estimated hours left and I'm going to work 50 hours a week realistically right everybody says they work like 80 hours a week but if i really look at it it's like 50 yeah. straight hours it work. feels like more sometimes yeah I get it. especially if you don't manage your time well exactly and then even things like meals you know i eat like five meals a day it's mm-hmm. 15 minutes every meal so that adds up and yeah. that's an hour and 15 minutes a day times seven now we're talking about about nine hours out of the week so i'm subtracting that that way i don't get to the end of the week and say where did the time go yeah i think that's the funniest question that people ask where did the time go it doesn't go anywhere right you spend it it or you don't it really doesn't yeah so i literally create a budget that way i can see what i have left in my budget for other things that might be important Mm -hmm. if you go through every single thing work family friends all of your values yeah work sleep family fitness friends is what i said earlier but i mean all these things whatever the most valuable thing to you is is what's important right and we've all got multiple things so it's important that you are focused on those i'd like to talk about that in a minute but this practical time management as you're talking about again most mature adults have a financial budget right but the thing is a lot of people don't have a time budget and i hear that all the time people are like man today just flew by i'm like well did you have a plan for today when you woke up like did you have an idea of what you were going to do or where you're going to go and usually the answer is like, well, well, no, I just knew I had to get like some stuff done and, and all that. And for me, getting like as practical as I can, it means putting it in my calendar. Like yeah. That was like the most practical, easy step. And we've talked about this before, and the audience probably knows this about me by now because I feel like it comes up somehow or some way in most episodes I do. But everything is in my calendar from the time I wake up to the time I'm like one of my most important things time of my day is spending time with God in the morning. So that's in there to going to work, to being at work, to going to the gym. All these things are in my calendar and people are like, well, that's just overkill. Like you can remember to do those things. And yes, I can. But again, if I don't have it written down, it's almost like my time is running and controlling me. When I have it down in front of me, it's me running and controlling my time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, there's something to be said about like the habits that Einstein and like Steve Jobs had or even the the dad from Family Guy, where they wear the same thing every single day. Um, the last one was a joke. But <laughs> yeah, right, I know. It's You have a certain amount of allocated brain space every day. Mm-hmm. And so I'll find myself thinking, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Like in the office, right? Right. Like, I, why am I free? And then I just look at my calendar and I'm like, wait, in 10 minutes, I'm not free. I've got this thing on my schedule. And like you said, it could even be Bible study right. or it could be gym. But they're all in my schedule, especially the reoccurring things mm-hmm. like my morning routine, my gym routine, all that stuff is reoccurring. So it's already in the calendar. So I, I've made a commitment to it um, and I rarely ever deviate because it's something that I've already pre-committed to. And so, yes, it's it's already a habit. But if it's in my calendar, 
there's a, a higher likelihood I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it on time and then I'm going to finish on time. So I have more time for everything else. Mm-hmm. And then again, it's, it comes down to like, I don't have to sit and think about what should I be doing because I can just reference my calendar real quick. And anytime I can find an answer quickly, that saves me brain space because I'm, I'd way rather think about a million other things that I have to think about. So that, you know, the allocation of like that mental resource is a big deal for me too. So mm-hmm. pre-planning everything is so important. It's why people have their clothes ready for them the night before. That way you don't have to think in the morning whenever you yeah, that's think what I about do. everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's really important. I think we could talk about time management a lot. I want to move on in a second here, but for anyone who is wanting to really know how to achieve work-life balance and you just want kind of like a checklist here almost to run through number one i'm going to say and probably the most simple thing to do is is practical time management start adding things to a calendar and also one more side note on that and jared i would like to know your thoughts on this as well before we move on to the next kind of portion of what we're going to talk about here but i tweak my calendar from time to time six months ago my calendar didn't look the way it looks now and i didn't change necessarily like my work schedule but i I realized that at that point I was working out earlier and it wasn't, I just wasn't producing the same results. I like to actually like sit down and kind of recollect my thoughts for the day and things like that before I go to the gym. And so I moved it further on my, my calendar. So I made some minor adjustments. So like when you get your calendar set, be willing to make adjustments over time. And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, adaptability to change is huge. Mm -hmm. It sounds counterintuitive to what we just said, right? Like getting comfortable with the schedule, but it's, you have to be like patiently urgent or like aware of when is it time to change my routine to constantly grow. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, I mean, we could talk about the gym, right? Like you're obviously you create a gym routine, but if you go in and do the same workout every day, just because that's what you plan to do, eventually you're going to plateau. Right. So I think the same thing applies to our habits. It's weird to me that you hear about people eating the same thing or doing the same thing for like 10 years in a row. Like I respect that, that level of consistency. But for me, it's like, I got to switch up my morning routine every not dramatically, but just like maybe I'm waking up a little bit earlier or maybe I'm waking up a little bit later because I find myself not getting enough sleep. Or like you said, you like to gather your thoughts as you transition from the office to the gym. So sometimes I'm like, maybe I'm going to push my gym time back a little bit because right. I enjoy it more. And then, of course, for me, like I, I still take classes in college. And so that might look like doing my classes in the morning or doing them in the evening based off how my work schedule is in that season. So I'm always you know, readjusting my schedule, you know, so adaptability is huge. It's hard to measure, but it's like knowing when you need to change is super important. If you're creating a brand, whether it's a personal brand through a blog or influencing on social media or a professional brand with a product or service that you're offering, the creating a brand community is for you. We are your digital mastermind or tribe. Our community is built on our own custom social media platform. We share our experiences, recommendations, and solve real problems together. In addition, all members have exclusive access to our many online courses. Ultimately, we are a powerful community of entrepreneurs that are helping each other succeed. You will always go further in life and in business when you're part of a healthy community. I'm so passionate about this that I'm going to ask you to do something for me right now. Visit creatingabrand.com and join our community today. You can start for free and it will take you less than three minutes to set up. Once you join, message me directly. I'd love to have a conversation with you and welcome you to our community. The next section here I want to get into of achieving work-life balance is focus. When I think about the word focus, I think of many great 
billionaires and CEOs of our past and even current times, what they attribute focus to having, what impact they attribute focus to having on their business. Even somebody like uh, Bill Gates, who's, I believe, one of the richest people to ever live, right? Might even be the richest. Yeah, I think so. He says in one of his interviews I was looking at, I was, I was listening to something he said, and someone asked him, like, what was the ultimate key to his success? And he said, focus. He said he built a multi-billion dollar company in nine months because he was focused for nine months. Now, you know, I don't think he slept or ate. I think he just went crazy because he yeah. had this idea. But the thing is, at the end of the day, he said, I was able to see the goal and stay focused on that. And I think that if you want to achieve work-life balance, you have to be focused. You can't just be going after every little thing or answering every phone call or spending all your time just doing random tasks that, that you feel like you want to do or need to be done. You have to actually be focused on things, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, like The thing is, and this is especially if you're an entrepreneur because you're going to have opportunities present themselves. Now, mm-hmm. if you're in the nine to five world, which I fully support, I'm not like against that because I think the corporate world is, has, there's a place for the corporate world as well. Absolutely. But if you're in nine to five, it's a little easier to stay focused because you're usually project oriented. You have a project manager or you have direct reports or you have a supervisor or a leader. But if you're the leader of a corporation or an entrepreneur, you're going to have opportunities. You're going to have people throwing you options, presentations, trying to sell products or marketing to you all the time. And that can really pull you from your initial focus. So, you know, staying near a focus is super important. How you do it is really relative or contextual over time as your business grows. Three things, learning how to delegate, eliminate and automate. But the biggest one is delegation and elimination, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times you can accumulate more to do's to feel productive. And in doing so, you're going to lose focus on the original task or the original responsibility or project. So I just stay mission minded. Mm -hmm. Practical tip. I read what my mission is every single day. That's good. And so when I read that, it keeps me focused on the overall vision of the company that I'm leading. And I we rarely are open to other opportunities or external opportunities aren't relevant aren't relative to our mission. That's a really good point because when you really know your mission, which some people might not call it their mission, it's really your why, the reason, the purpose for yeah. you. So so Jared, like you have a mission for yourself, for your company, and when you look at that and you keep that on your forefront of your mind every day when these quote unquote opportunities present themselves and someone's like, Jared, I'd love for you to do this. You can easily say no to those things because you know your mission. If it's not heading in that direction or bring you closer to it, there's no reason for you to entertain those things. But I think a lot of, especially entrepreneurs that are more, you know, kind of beginning stages of what they're doing, it's really easy to want to say yes to every opportunity that, you know, every time a door opens, it's like, oh, I'm going to go through this door. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to go that way. And it really, in the long run, it steals your focus and it makes you just really scattered. And I've seen it really damage some people's potential good ideas and turn it into almost nothing because they just entertain so many different things. I've been guilty of this myself early on you know, we, this is like the internet age. You look at it, there's opportunity everywhere. You know, like we were just talking about TikTok before this. And it's like, oh man, maybe we should get on there. You know, we we weren't saying that, but I think a lot of people are like, maybe I should get on there and maybe you should. I'm not going to say you shouldn't, but at the end of the day, is that really taking you closer to your focus or further from it? Yeah. And it's, like I said, it it comes down to like, do you want to feel productive or do you want to really make a difference? That's Um, good. And sometimes focus means like, doing the hard work instead of doing the easy stuff that makes you feel productive. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when you get presented other opportunities, it's easy to kind of grab a hold of those 
and say, well, this is kind of an easier route. But like you said about Bill Gates, I guarantee his route wasn't the easiest, but we do know it was the most fruitful definitely um, for him and for the whole world. Right. right? So thanks, Uncle Bill. Yeah. (laughs) Big thanks. And so, again, another thing about focus is is knowing your why is important, but your why can be broad or vague or general. Right. Right. Like my mission or my why doesn't necessarily define what I'll do in the day to day. True. So having real goals, right? Like I have a business and we have a goal this year of a certain amount of revenue that we want to reach. Mm-hmm. We have a goal this year of a certain amount of charities that we want to give to. We have a certain amount of, we have a goal for a certain amount of memberships that we want to accrue over time by the mm-hmm. end of the year. And so these are measurable goals that if we reach one, we should be able to reach the other. But if we aren't necessarily reaching one, I can focus on the other. So it keeps me focused on the actual vision of the year. And that way i Again, I stay narrow focused and we don't take advantage of other opportunities. For example, I say the charity one because it's a practical example. At the beginning of the year, we focused in and we wanted to give a certain amount to 12 charities, mm-hmm. one a month for the whole year. And what that does is it allows us to politely say no to other opportunities because, you know, as a, as a, as a business, a local business, you want to kind of help everybody. Of course. And if you don't know who you're going to give to, then you end up saying yes to everybody and then either A, you can't afford that, or B, you drop the ball on those commitments you make. We didn't want to do either one. So we committed to 12 companies at the beginning of the year. And now when people reach out and they say, hey, we've got this thing going on, and we say, hey, we've, we've pre-committed to these 12 organizations. We can definitely revisit you next year. And we really appreciate the opportunity to be a part of that. And so that's just an example of how you can stay focused on the end goal. You know, I think year over year is kind of important to look at like 2019 when it's in 2019 and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so that's a way that we stay focused, at least in our organization. Yeah, that's good. I want to get into social media for a minute. I don't want that to steal the conversation because I feel that it can because social media can be a huge time waster and focus stealer. As you know, you seem to do a great job on social media without it stealing your life, but not everyone is like that. And I think that many businesses, we just see the immediate response from it. So you start getting a little bit of traffic, you're getting some followers, you're getting some likes, people are sharing your stuff. So you feel like you're being productive, as you were saying, but maybe not focused. How have you been able to do that? Does automation played a role in that? Or is it just something that you've had to really manage your time well to be able to overcome the temptation, I guess, of being productive on social media versus being focused on your actual tasks or things you need to do? That's a great question because I think it's a little bit different for different types of people. Mm-hmm. I think for you, for example, you schedule a lot of your stuff in Pretty advance. Pretty much all of it, yeah. And you are, that's just how you operate. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm not that good at creating in the future. So I like to sort of be inspired. Right, so I good. sort of look for a reason, like, because I'm not, just, I'm just not always that excited. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I can't think of a great post a week from now. Right. So I just try to find something to get excited about in the day to day and know that it's important that people read that. I think one of the biggest things to remember about social media is yes, there's so much bad out there and then there's so much kind of dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's so much neutral stuff that it's that important that if you've got something good to say or something good to teach, put it on social media. Mm-hmm. And so when I remember that, then it encourages me personally to stay active on there. But I'm genuinely not that interested in spending all my time on there. So I just, again, it, it kind of comes down to, I pre-schedule my time. And then I try to, you know, it, there's kind of a lot of, lot to this, but I keep a gratitude journal. And I try to look at like, what are the greatest things that have happened today or maybe in the past couple of days? And then I get sort of re-inspired by what's going on in my life. Because there's mm-hmm. always something great. Maybe even it could seem mundane, but you can pull something great out of it. 
And so I'll post about it. <laughs> just try to make sure that people are documenting those experiences so I right. can have good photos. <laughs> right. Because it, it, it is super important right now to be on social media because you, yeah. you have to have a personal brand. But if you've got a business, that business needs to be active on social media. So you can't lose sight of that, but you can't find yourself lurking on that all day. See, that's the thing I'm getting at is that many of us, we, we see the value in it, we'll post, but then we're like just watching the likes come in or we're yeah. just scrolling through it mindlessly. And that's when people lose their time. They're like, oh my gosh, I got to go, you know, like they, yeah. but they've been staring at their phone for an hour, but, and they skip their workout or they skip something else they should have been doing. That's where I see the problem of it being a focus sealer. If you're just being, I guess, disciplined would probably be the right word. Disciplined enough to say, okay, this is what I need to post. It's important for me to post. Yeah. It's valuable. I'm going to do that and then I'm going to get off. That's hard for a lot of people to do. Yeah. One of our buddies, um, Max, has a limit that he's set. Uh, you can do this on your, I know you can do it from the iPhone. Mm-hmm. You can actually have your phone, of course you can change it, but you can have it block you from getting on certain social media oh, right. okay. yeah. after a certain amount of time. And screen I think time app. Screen yeah. time, I think is what's called. Screen time. Yeah. So you can limit, you know, and so like I know some people that spend 20 hours a week on Instagram and there's probably people that are spending way more at that, yeah. that time. And so that blows my mind because I will post five times in a week and the people that I know that are spending 20 hours and they're not even posting once. And like, no offense, but man, if you're just a consumer on social media, you just need to get off. Right. Because you have to contribute at the same level that you're consuming. And so I'm, I'm if anything... I over contribute and don't consume very much. And so I have to find myself like, man, what is so-and-so doing lately? And then Mm -hmm. I'll get on Instagram and like check out their page. But I don't scroll at all. I'm I'm blessed to just be disinterested. You know what I mean? I guess so. I like, okay, this great thing happened in my life. I need to talk about it. You know, uh, our company did this cool thing. Let me post about it. Let me throw some hashtags on there. Let me comment back to people and then I get off. So I try to spend like an hour when I make a post because obviously the likes and the comments are going to come in and I want to engage. Mm-hmm. But from there, I usually just check back out and I, it goes really back to the original conversation of having a calendar mm-hmm. because if I know I have something to do coming up, I got to get off either way. Right. And so I think what happens and it comes back full circle is that people don't have things scheduled in their calendar. Mm-hmm. They end up spending a lot of time on social media. The day comes to a close and they say, what did I get done today? And since they didn't put... We'll just say for for you and I, like they didn't put Bible study or the gym or date night in their calendar, mm-hmm. and now they've let those things go, and they've spent way too much time on social media. Yeah. So it comes to I think practically, you know, use the Screen Time app to remind you, hey Alex, you've been on here for six hours this week, and it's Wednesday, and you're like, all right, I need to get off this thing. Let me delete the app for a couple of days. Right. And then of course having a, a a calendar, you know, that way, you know, like in 10 minutes, I have a meeting. I can't, I got to get off this thing. Yeah, exactly. I actually, I use screen time as well, but what I do is I have a couple friends that I consider to be my accountability on this. I send them my screen time report every week. I've had people that after I tell them that they're like, you show somebody how long you're on your phone. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it's not that bad. Like everyone's on their phone a lot, yeah. but you know, like every week I have a new goal and I tell them, Hey, this is where I want to be on average per day next week when I send this to you. And they hold me accountable. Like last week, I'll be honest. I didn't make it. I missed it by like 15 minutes a day on average. And they asked, why didn't you make it? What did you do? What were you spending your time doing? I showed them the whole report. So they saw everything. I'm like, I spent, <laughs> yeah. it I happened to be traveling. So I was using a, a GPS. So it was like adding up to my time. So really I made it. But um, anyway, you know, I want, uh, this is kind of our second point again, focus is what we're talking about, but you, you went back to the calendar. So I think it's important for everyone to remember if you really want to achieve some sort of balance in your life, it's going to start with you managing your time well. And then after that being focused, being disciplined to say, this is the things that matter in my life. These are things I'm going to go after. And there's something else that you mentioned that I want to talk about a little bit. You mentioned gratitude. 
Yeah. I believe that gratitude is a big part of having a balance in your life. And a lot of people may not, this might not be as obvious, but I believe that if you're expressing gratitude for the things in your life that matter, because that's what you're going to express gratitude for, right? It re-centers you. It helps you focus on, hey, these are the things that are really important to me. This is how I'm going to obtain balance. Like in the, the week, you're not like, oh, I'm so thankful that I worked 80 hours this week. Yeah. You know, that's not one of the things you're saying. No, you're thankful for the little bit of time you have with your family or your friends or that you got to just do something that you love, right? And what does that look like in your life? For me, I can be so futuristic. It's one of my, you know, top five strengths or whatever, but I think there's always a dark side to our strengths. And because I'm so futuristic, I can lose sight of the present, especially the present wins. And so I have to keep a gratitude journal and how I do that changes seasonally because I I don't like to get too used to stuff. But right now I sort of do like a daily audit of like the the pros and cons of the day. And I'm usually Mm -hmm. able to pull out far more pros than cons. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not a pessimistic person by nature, but sometimes I might just be exhausted by a long day and forget like, yes, I'm tired, but today was an awesome day. So when I start putting pen to paper and I'm like, had a great meeting, did a 90 day review that was awesome, celebrated X's ABC or XYZ's person's birthday. I thought you were saying your ex's birthday. No, yeah, I was like, that sounded weird. <laughs> celebrated uh, Tyler's birthday. Let's there you just go. use a name. Okay. And, um, you know, we did a group photo shoot and so and so left a great review. Like, even like the little things, right? Like, we get mm-hmm. reviews all the time, but just reflecting on, like, oh, it's cool that people like our business or, or I'd. I had a new PR at the gym or personal record or did did a one mile run. It's not very far, but it felt good. Like I just try mm-hmm. to pull the details out of my day and I, I, I document the cons and not to fester on them, but so I can eliminate them. Right. right. Like if I can, if I can control some of the things I don't enjoy in my life, that's a little different than the gratitude journal. But again, it just pulls out like this morning, so-and-so bought me a coffee. Oh, maybe I should shoot them a text. Like it, now that I'm not, I'm done with my day. Just say, hey, thanks again for that coffee. Yeah. Really appreciate that. Or, hey, team, y'all did a great job today. I rushed out of the office and didn't get to acknowledge that. And so it just, it makes me a better person to be around, but it it makes me like being me more, which is really important. Yeah. You know, you're mentioning something there that I think goes hand in hand with looking at pros and cons in your day, but that's spending time reflecting and I mean, intentional time reflecting on your life. How often are you doing that? Because I I have an answer of my own, but when do you actually do that? Is it every day right now? Yeah, it's every day. And I try not to, you know, because I think you and I both, we can get so habitual, I will feel guilty for not doing it. So if I miss a day, I'm not like, I don't beat myself up about it. Mm -hmm. But I try to do it every day. And it takes two to three minutes for me Mm -hmm. to just pull out my my notebook and pencil or pen and, and just write plus sign. Did a podcast with Alex and had dinner. Minus hurt my shoulder during the gym. Or celebrate your ex's birthday. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, so like I said, it takes three minutes. And sometimes I might just sit there and be like, wow, today was actually really cool. Like, I didn't realize how good of a day today yeah. was. So I do that daily. And that, and then, of course, I try to do it weekly. But I, again, I don't beat myself about it if I don't. Mm-hmm. Considering I do it daily, it, I don't feel super like I need to do it weekly. But I like to on Sundays before the new week rolls around to look at the whole week. Mm-hmm kind of audit those cons and say, okay, well, what can I change here? Like what was time consuming or painful or just something I really didn't enjoy? But uh, so I do it daily. I try to do it weekly for a little bit longer. And then I definitely do it every three months. I'll, I'll kind of get yeah. away for a day. I'll go out of town mm-hmm. and just kind of audit my life and just stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. Like I said, it, being adaptable to change, I think comes down to a lot of being mindful 
or aware mm-hmm. instead of life making you change you get to control it and that's a way better feeling yeah one of the best ways you can maintain work-life balance in your life or even achieve it is through reflection i found and as i mentioned at the end of the first quarter is when my wife was like man you're not doing good at this and she's she's honest i love her and i was like you know what you're right i need to change something what i did is i started re-implementing my weekly reflection time which i'm with you daily is really important i do that but weekly became really important to me in this season, still is. So every week I'm sitting down, I'm looking at my past week. So I'm looking at my calendar and I also have a daily checklist I look at. And then I have a third notebook, if you will, or a second notebook that I use for actually writing down my reflection time. I'll just go back over the past week. What did I do good? What did I do bad? Did I spend too much time working? Did I spend too much time stressing about this deadline? Did I spend enough time with friends? Did I spend enough time with my wife? I'll ask myself these questions. I've kind of developed a small template, if you will, to kind of go over that. But most of it is just just me kind of sitting down, thinking, listening, and then writing what I really am feeling at that point. And then what I'll do is I'll plan that next week and say, all right, what didn't work is I kept on missing my my gym time. I was 15 minutes later a week. So I'm going to move it 15 minutes back on the calendar. Or I spent way too much time with friends and not enough time with my wife. I need to make sure I put a date night in there now. So I'll go over that. I'll update my checklist for that coming week saying, here's the things I'm going to do. By doing this and being so intentional with my time again, it's helped me just keep this balance and keep my life in order because I'm reminded of what's important every single week. And for you, it's every day right now. And really, I think that's all preference based on the individual and kind of where you're at in life. But that's really important, I think, to for all of us to be doing. Yeah, I think it's just worth giving it a try. Yeah. Right. Like seeing what works. And I know a lot of people might be listening and thinking like, man, that's a lot of work. But, you know, not enjoying your life is a whole lot of work, too. That is so true. And so it does seem very task oriented and seems like work but it's worth it like i said it takes three minutes for me to do mine yours might take an hour once a week but by doing that you're going to give yourself back the time that you you would have lost by not doing a personal review or Mm -hmm. reflection time and things like that so you don't have to be this detail-oriented time management guru nerd like us or whatever (laughs) speak for yourself man to to like make these things a priority i think they're worth a try like i haven't always been this way you know a little bit about my story and how I've just, from being on house arrest for two years and having to turn in my schedule every week, it really made me value my time, especially because I had to get it all approved. Everything that I was doing with my time, 168 hours in the week. So by doing that, it made me really aware of, of the time that I have and of course the time that we maybe don't have in life. And so it's like, I always tell people, don't wait. Well, hopefully you don't wait till you get on house arrest, but, um, <laughs> right. you know, like don't wait until you need to learn how to manage your time to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Like figure it out now so you can get ahead. And one practical thing that I really like to teach is plan to be spontaneous hmm. because, you know, you have different types of people, right? You have people like you and I that are very time conscious and you have some people that are like, yeah, scheduling is just not my thing. And I get that. Like that's a personality trait, right? But find a balance, right? Because you have those people that are spontaneous and not planned and they just go with the flow. Plan to be spontaneous. What does that mean? It means that there's so many people that I know that are quote unquote spontaneous that are like, yeah, this weekend I'm doing something fun. Then by the end of Sunday, they're like, what did I do this weekend? Mm -hmm. Because you were so spontaneous, you sat on your couch all weekend and didn't do anything. Now you're like, I'm wasting my weekends away. So work your butt off during the week and then plan on Saturday to go out of town and visit a new city near you. Once you get there, go with the flow, mm-hmm. but at least plan to be spontaneous. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And you know, if you see, if you got a spouse or kids like say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, this is Saturday's my day off. 
can we do something? And then once we figure out like where we're going or what we're doing, like let it go from there. Yeah. Um, instead of just wasting your weekends. Cause I see so many people do that and it's, it's a waste. Yeah. No, it, it really sucks. is. Yeah. No, it's kind of sad to see. And, you know, thinking about all this reflection stuff, again, everyone's gonna have a different personality, but to all of our listeners, all the creating a brand community members, I want to challenge each of you to just give this a shot. Give it, give it a shot. See how it goes. Do it for one month. And whether you go every, you know, try every day or once a week to do reflection time, it sounds like a lot of work, but the truth is, I know Jared would say the same thing. It's extremely, extremely rewarding. When you actually do this, you find that you enjoy your life more. You feel more in control. You have a better balance just from doing these things. And at the end of the day, for me, Jared, all this kind of comes down to to the one most important thing when it comes to managing my time and planning my day and all that. It's creating margin in my life. At the end of the day, I want more margin. So that's more margin to do the things I love, to focus on the things that matter, and to leave a legacy. And those are the things I want to create margin to be able to do in my life. And when I'm managing all this and doing just so focused in my life the way that I have been, it's what adds the most value I find and helps me to achieve more in my life and with my time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, same thing, man. You know, I want to make a difference. And some of the stuff that takes up our time isn't always going to make the longest lasting effect, right? Mm -hmm. And making a difference doesn't always mean like building a great business or you know, saving a bunch of money. Sometimes it's like the experiences you have with your friends yeah. or your family or your, you know, your kids, your spouse. So it's, again, it's, it's, it's about managing your time and finding out what you value. And then even asking the question, like, why do I work so hard in the first place? And then finding ways to reward yourself with your free time. And I think it comes back to those basic principles. Jared, this was a great conversation about achieving work-life balance. I really believe this was the most beneficial way we could kick off season two of the Creating a Brand podcast. So thank you so much again for being back with us today. Thanks for having me again. Achieving work-life balance takes intentionality. You have to want to create this balance in your life, and then you have to be focused and determined to actually make it happen. It will never happen by mistake. Now, with that said, you all know me, I love challenges. So I want to challenge you with something so we can actually implement this because I believe that when you actually properly implement work-life balance, you will live a more fulfilled life and I am all about adding that value however I can. So practical challenge for you today. I hope you're ready for this. Number one, listen to the episode again and take notes. Number two, have a friend or someone you trust listen to the episode. Then number three, ask them to hold you accountable to intentionally creating balance in your life. So ask them to hold you accountable. Ask them to make sure you're making a calendar, to make sure that you're spending time outside of work or outside of creating your brand. Whatever it may be, wherever you need that help to have that balance, make sure someone is actually holding you accountable. I mentioned this a lot on this podcast, but community is what's going to help you go further in life. I'm a firm believer of this. And with that said, over the next week, the entire Creating a Brand community is going to be focused on helping each other achieve this work-life balance. So Creating a Brand community members, get ready for a life-changing week for us all. If you're not a member, I do encourage you to join. We'd actually love to have you as part of this tribe, especially as we're kicking off season two of the podcast and really talking about just obtaining this work-life balance. So I'm excited about season two again. We're getting ready to kick off some great episodes here. Jared, for this episode, I want to say thank you again for having this conversation with me. I believe it was highly impactful and really going to help change some lives. If you're interested in show notes from today's episode, visit creatingabrandpodcast.com. Thank you again for listening. I'll be back with you next week.